Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.P. Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. I've wanted to play this game for a bit. You know, I, oh. no, I normally save the games for the end, but I got I to gotta come out the gates with this one. So the guy that we are covering today was discovered by Quincy Jones. Yeah. he's Well, not discovered, but he... But- Helped him get going. So yes. I've wanted to play this Quincy Jones game for a bit. So I okay. made this. And I discovered this because I was watching. Have you seen the We Are the World VHS documentary? No. From back in 85. I the story not. behind the song. It's wonderful. You should watch it. Anyway, so I want to play this game. I'm going to do seven different categories. Okay. And I'm going to give you four names. So let's say we're going to do okay. females. Okay. One of these was not on We Are the World. Oh, oh. oh. So this there are a million people saying on We Are the World. Not really. But I'm going to give you four okay. similar categories. So we'll start with females. All right. Okay. One of these was not. One of these was not. Okay. Cindy Lauper, Kim Carnes, Madonna, Bette Midler. Madonna. Madonna. Ding, ding, ding. Rob with one. Oh, I should have brought the bell. I didn't bring the bell. So Rob is one for one. I'll add it in later. Dudes with 80s mini mullets. (laughs) All right. We got Kenny Rogers. Okay. Kenny Loggins. Mm. Huey Lewis. Michael Bolton. One of these was not. Bolton. Bolton. Rob is killing the We Are the World game. This is a great game. All right. Guitar player edition. Okay. John Oates. Okay. Daryl Hall. Uh Uh-huh. Lindsey Buckingham. Steve Lukather. Ooh, oh man. I want to say Lukather, but I think with all his connections, he surely was in there. Um, I think, and I know, I know Daryl Hall was in it. He sings a verse. Good um, job. So Did Oates come along? I'm going to say... Did Buckingham I think it, co- I'm going to go Buckingham. Lindsey Buckingham sings in the chorus. He's a vocalist. Steve Lukather. Okay, so we're two it for three. It was Lukather. Lukather, of all the connections, wow. even with Michael Jackson, didn't, yeah, even, didn't even make the cut. Legendary session guy. You're going to leave Lukather out of We Are the World. Absolutely, but they did get our favorite Lindsey Buckingham. Just, all right, here we go. Number four, TV and film personalities. <laughs> Patrick Swayze, Randy Jackson, Dan Aykroyd. Harry Belafonte. Okay. Okay. I think Aykroyd was there. Belafonte surely was there. Uh, Swayze or Randy Jackson? I think Swayze was not. Swayze was not. Okay. Good job. Right. He he didn't quite make the cut. Rob's Swayze. three for four. <laughs> this is great. Okay. Blues and soul singers. Okay. Hint, this person is blind. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Ray Charles. Okay. He's in it for Steve, sure. Stevie Wonder. Okay. Smokey Robinson. Okay. Jeff Healy. Uh, uh, I think Healy's in it. I think Healy's in it. Uh, Ray Charles is obviously in it. He sings in it. Uh, I'm going to go, wait, Smokey Robinson? Did you just Smokey, Smokey Robinson, Robinson is not blind? Ray Charles. <laughs> Stevie Wonder. Is Stevie Wonder not in We Are the World? Smokey Robinson. Jeff Healy. Is Stevie Wonder? Is it? I'm going to go Stevie Wonder. It's Jeff Healy. Okay. Stevie, uh, Healy's not in it. Okay. Healy's not okay. in it. Man, you got me on that one. I would have bet, I would have almost bet money Healy was in okay. We Are the World. He, he didn't make the, didn't quite make the cut. So Rob's okay. three for five. Two more. Rock icons. Billy Joel. Okay. Bob Dylan. Bono. Paul Simon. Um, uh, Billy Joel. 
Billy Joel made it. What? He is in there. Three for six. So Bono did not. Bono's, you would oh, think, he's thinking he's in Band-Aid. Yeah, he's okay, in Band-Aid. And okay, you would okay. think we are the world. Surely Bono's in there. Yeah, but, Bono but maybe it was before he was like Bono, you know? And if you guys do yourself a favor, watch Bob Dylan in this. He does not know where he's no, at. He's clueless. He's just standing there zoned out. <laughs> and they're like, if you can't sing or hit the part, like, just stand there. Yeah. And he literally stands there for the entire <laughs> – anyway, it's good. Watch Bob Dylan. Last one. Okay. Would you want to stand by them for fear of them not showering? Mm. Super sweaty, stinky section. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, so here's four sweaters that okay, you just right. picture just dirty, stinky. Okay. One of these you don't want to stand by, but right. they weren't there. Okay. Willie Nelson. Okay. Joe Cocker. All right. Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, man. Okay, Springsteen was there. Springsteen's in there. Um, Willie was there. Willie was there. Cocker uh, or Waylon? I think probably Waylon was not there. It was Cocker. Was it was not Cocker. Doggone it. <laughs> Rob came out the gates blazing. Why did Joe Cocker get left out of everything? I know, right? Three for seven. I hope you guys Always enjoyed. How did you guys do at home on Were You and We Are the World? Man. Yes, that was fun. That, that was a, great. That was a fun game. I enjoyed that. Great Speaking game. of stinky people, oh. musicians, I heard that Tyler, the creator, the mm-hmm. rapper, really smells like bacon, that he's addicted to bacon, and apparently okay. he smells <laughs> like bacon. I'm glad you clarified that because I was going to say that's – Definitely offensive and oh, yeah, probably no, no. racist no, no, if you're no, just no, like, no, no. He just, yo, I heard Tyler, the creator, no, smells no. like bacon. He, he, like, eats a ridiculous <laughs> okay. amount of bacon. And people tell I've, – I've read different reports that's like he's probably the smelliest because they say he smells like bacon. Just aromatic. I mean, there are worse things to smell like that's than right, bacon. That's for right. sure. I love me some good bacon. Crunchy, like, crunchy bacon or, like, flimsy bacon? Honestly, I was going to try and find a funny way around it, but in my heart I was like, JP, what are you doing right now? Are you trying to get us canceled? <laughs> no, like, are you no, trying to get no, us? no, no, no. <laughs> like, yo. <laughs> I heard Tyler the Creator smell like feet. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, so, anyway. anyway, fun game. Thank you guys. But we're not talking about that today. No, we are going to talk about Quincy Jones today. We are going to talk about Quincy Jones. With our special guest, Clark Beckham. We uh, That's right. Insert give applause. Up, give it up. Give it up. That's right. Uh, Clark, you may know him from uh, his time on American Idol, season 14. Um, he was the runner-up in a absolute sham fix However you want to say it, a loss to Nick Fradiani. It was clear. I mean, from day one, Clark is like, he's the dude, right? And they're telling him stuff like, you're the only musician on this show. And blah, right? I mean, it's clear. And then somewhere between the next last episode and the the last episode, I feel like they went, I don't know if Clark is going to play ball. Let's crown Nick. (laughs) That's honestly what I feel like. Or maybe I don't want to, I don't know anything about Nick, but I know he's kind of... You know, he's kind of non-existent. Maybe since he American had the Idol. ring. <laughs> the That's freak. what I think he had. You know what I think he had? To the point that I, I made a meme about it after the thing. I was so mad. I think he has mob connections. Oh, That's what I think. That I name. Think, right? The Fradianis. Yeah, you good. know what I mean? That's good. I made a, like a Sopranos thing. If we disappear Fr- after this episode. You'll know why. It's, it's, it's. 100%. The, the Nick Fradiani mafia is coming after us. <laughs> we might need to edit. I don't, we, we don't mean to be mean, but I'm saying that was a sham. There is no, uh-uh, <laughs> there's no way that should have ever the only uh, The only season I've ever watched of American Idol, the only time I've ever voted, because Rob's like, you got to check this guy yeah, out. You got to che- get on and vote. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, so we're going to talk to Clark. We're going to have a great conversation with Clark in just a minute. But first, we want to talk about, we want to play you a little bit of the song that we're going to get into. This is Must Be Hard Being You from the EP Year One from 2018. Let's play it. This is Must Be Hard Being You by Clark Beckham. Oh, yeah. You're in a movie. I'm watching the scene. So funky. But there don't seem to be a screen. 
reason How can it be That you showed up in my reality Ooh. But you never Played for dreams Or waited in line for anything But if you Get the run, Clark. Oh! Yes, sir. There it is. We'll ask him about runs. That's right. We're going to talk about runs. We're going to talk about the runs. <laughs> We're going to talk I about it all. I purposely left the word the out of my way to talk about it. It's awesome. All right, so let's take you to that now. we got a nice, long conversation with Clark, so we're going to get right into it. I uh, hope you guys enjoy our conversation with Clark Beckham. This is an ad. This is an ad that the boys have made. That the boys have made. We hope you'll buy. We hope you'll buy what we say in it. What we say in it. Guys, we want to tell you about a new album that's out. You're going to want to check it out. It's Sam and Becca Mizell. That's M I Z E L L. When it all comes down, it's got to have love in it. Got to have truth in it. If it's ever going to stand the storm, when it all comes down. A second verse. The album is called Getaway Car, and it's out everywhere September 4th. Damon Wayans' birthday. Whoa now. There we go, national holiday. Go check out Getaway Car by Sam and Becca Mizell. Some just want a rebel that breaks all the rules. Some just want the grace without hearing the truth. Some just want somebody to help them get through. Nobody. You may not know Sam and Becca Mizell yet, but you know their work. They've written seven, count them, seven number one hits. kablam Kablam. They've had 24 top 10 radio singles. Kapow! Two Grammy nominations. Ayo. Awards, awards, awards. ASCAP Songs of the Year. BMI Songs of the Year. Yada, yada, yada. And let me tell you, we don't just, we're not just advertising them because they asked us to, but we're advertising them because we know them, we love them, they're a friend of the show, a friend of humanity, friend of pets and creatures of friends all kinds, forever. the Woodland Friends. <laughs> Go check out the new record by Sam and Becca Mizell. It's called Getaway Car, available everywhere September 4th. Mark Ronson's birthday. Oh, oh wow. You're... Elmer Fudd's birthday. <laughs> Not really Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Mark Ronson, yes. David Wayans, yes. Mizell, yes. That's Sam and Becca Mizell. That's M-I-Z-E-L-L. The record is Getaway Car, available everywhere September 4th. Because everything that's good is you. I know it's the truth Cause I can't find it in great song pod ad guys we finally did we're it. doing it we're bringing it we finally did it you guys want to give us dollars yeah and we would love to take them <laughs> 
That's right. The Great Song Podcast is now on Patreon. That's right. I didn't feel comfortable giving my bank account to you guys to put the money in my account, yeah. but I do feel comfortable this way. <laughs> right. So you could go to patreon.com slash greatsongpod. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash greatsongpod. If you want to just support the show, we do this podcast for free because we love it. If you're like, JP, we want you to buy a Three Musketeers bar. Here's a yeah, dollar. Exactly, Wonderful. Exactly. If you want to subscribe on Patreon as a way to just show us that you love us and you want to support the show, man, that would be fantastic. Fantastic. I stole it. Oh, it's all good. It's, 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 out, there for the ta- it's, it's, it's out there for the taking. So, uh, we, and we're very selective on when we decided to post this. We've waited yep. for years, hundreds of episodes, and yep. we still want to give you guys what you like and you not feel obligated. That's but right. In the same regards, we want to get it in more ears. And That's this right. is the best way. So anything you can do to help, we're very thankful. That's right. The regular show is not changing. Nothing the at all. The regular show is going to be the Great Song Podcast you know and love. But if you decide to support us on Patreon, you're going to get more of the show. Bonus episodes. Patreon exclusives. Chance to maybe contribute some questions that we ask the artists. That's right. Ooh. So uh, I think it's going to be a real, a real neat thing. Lots more ways for us to engage with you and for you to engage with us. Just go to patreon.com slash greatsongpod or you can click on the link in the show notes. We appreciate it so much. We love you guys like our own family. We're family. Yep. Patreon.com slash greatsongpod. That was an ad that the boys have made. We hope you'll buy what we said in it. That was an ad. That was an ad that the boys have made. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, here is the voice, the tallest guest we have ever had, <laughs> the, the sexiest guest we have ever had, Clark wow. Beckham. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Clark. Thanks for joining us. Much man. applause. Thank you. That that was definitely the most unique and uh, appreciated intro I've ever had. <laughs> well, uh, so tell us what's going on with you right now. What are you doing these days? Everybody knows, well, I say everybody, a lot of people know sort of what happened with you kind of five years ago. What's going on with you right now? Uh, well, right now, uh, when all this stuff started, um, the, the, the quarantine and the COVID stuff, I was on tour. I was actually in New York City, which is like the hotbed wow. of everything, going through the subways, like doing all of the things that you're not supposed to do. Just shaking hands um, and touching right. faces. Before Just we doing knew, all that. licking the railings, that's right. all of yeah, it. Yeah, kissing strangers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but bef- we, I was basically doing everything you're not supposed to do before we all knew we weren't supposed to do it. Right. Um, and then as it got more and more i eventually had to come home and then the rest of the tour was was canceled so now i'm just doing um everything from home i haven't been home this like I, before this i hadn't been home for a month straight in like i don't know 5 6 years and so i've been home only and i've just been doing a lot of music lessons and i've been like just through zoom which has been fun and then i'm starting a podcast try to be cool like you guys so it's just a lot of like projects that i've wanted to do and never was able to have the time to do and but you know also working to release an album uh lord willing by the time this airs it should be out there but just keep on keep on keeping on keeping on you know yeah absolutely do you think i'm kind of of the opinion that there's that there is a um sort of a creative boom going to come out of this quarantine, sort of like a, like a baby boom, but for music, you know what I mean, and art and whatever. You, you think totally. that's happening? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of booms. I think there's <laughs> going to be a legitimate baby boom, <laughs> like from just couples and people just being alone at home all the time. Quarantine and chill, uh, man. I. That's right. Um, 
I also think, yeah, totally. I I think there's got to be a huge influx of podcasts, of YouTube content, of social Definitely. media content, music production. I heard, I saw one meme like quarantine, like you have to stay home by yourself, locked up in your room without any contact with other people. Like producers were made for this, like exactly, this is yeah. what they've been training for their entire life. Yeah, born for this moment for sure. Um, so we're doing this this particular episode. We were talking about one of your songs. We talked about you know bringing you on to talk about somebody else's stuff, but I was like, let's just talk about your stuff. It's great. Why not? Uh, so Thank we're talking you. about the song "Must Be Hard Being You" uh, from the Year One uh, album uh, that came out in 2018. If I'm correct, is that right? I'll take your word for it. Okay, all right. <laughs> right to me. Okay, all right. Uh, so, uh, but just give us give us top to bottom on the song how it how it came to be. Uh, writing wise and, and we're going to let you normally we do our meet the band section, but we want you to do that. So, but just give us a little bit on the, on the actual song itself and kind of, uh, what's up with that. Yeah. So I remember just most of the time when I write a song, um, I, it starts with something, whether it's a melody, like a da 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 or a la 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 or, or like an idea of a groove, um, it usually comes off of like a single note. Okay. Like whether not chord progressions start at sometimes, but honestly, most of most of it's like it'll start like that. Yeah. And this was the same way, and it just started with this riff. The and I was like, that's so cool and funky, and I like it. Mark like, brought his own instruments to the no, interview, no. y'all. That's great. <laughs> Dump, dump. I got it all. Um, <laughs> I even got my keyboard here, like hooked oh, up. Oh, so. okay. There we go. <laughs> anyway, so it just it just started with that, and that was it. And I was like, "That's really funky." All I typically all I write are like ballads and soft, sweet, emotional songs, <laughs> and feel good stuff. I need something up tempo. What do I do with it? So I got a writing session with the band, a band called the Shadow Boxers. Okay. They are the best band I've ever heard live in my wow, life. That's saying a lot. They're the tightest band. They're the tight they're the tightest band I've ever heard. And now, this excludes the American Idol band led by Ricky um Ricky Minor cuz that's like I would argue very boldly that that's the greatest band of all time. Wow. On the planet is cuz you've got think of it this way. You've got um You've got Ricky Minor, who is MD'd for absolutely everyone, and everyone that he's MD'd for basically agrees that they've he's the best MD on the planet, um, maybe you know arguably ever because he's been around for a long time, doing this for a long time. Um, you've got Teddy Campbell on the drums, who many say is the best drummer on the planet. Um, you've got um, Paul Jackson Jr. on guitar, who is. The most recorded guitar player of all time. Wow. He has the most. He did all of Thriller. Yeah. He did. He even did Daft Punk's last album. Like, he's the most recorded guitar player of all time. And then you've got the keyboard players are, like, both played with Stevie Wonder for, like, decades. And they're just the best. So, excluding them. Sure. Fair uh, enough. That's fair enough. It's the be- <laughs> it's the best band I've it's the best band I've ever heard, and they're so funky. They're so like Earth, Wind, and Fire. 
Um, yeah, Paul Jackson Jr. actually played with two of my favorites, Barry Manilow. Oh, he was his good. Watch out. I'm a huge Barry Manilow fan. And he played a guitar on the Unguarded album for Amy Grant. So there you go. Amy Grant and Barry he's, Manilow <laughs> and the American album. <laughs> he's played on everything. Yeah. But anyway, so Shadow Boxers, totally obsessed with them. I actually met them when they opened for Alan Stone. I was there for an Alan oh, Stone yeah. concert. And my dad was That's with where me. I've my, seen them. Okay, I, I was there too, Clark. So I've seen the, I've seen them open for Seriously? Alan Stone. Yes, I've seen them open for Alan Stone. That's I was, Whoa, it was at Third and Lindsley. Yep, Third and Lindsley. Yep. <laughs> no way. You yep. were there? Yep. So I I I've, I've seen Alan Stone a few times um and that was the I that was the, I saw them. That's where I I couldn't put it together. I don't forgive me that I don't remember that them. That's so bad that I don't remember that, but I've seen Alan Stone. Only the tightest band ever. I know, only the tightest band ever, and I don't remember them. That's crazy. I was Uh trying to put put together where I'd I'd heard them or seen them. Okay. But my my dad was there with me, and my dad is like a very, he played guitar for like uh, the Righteous Brothers and Dolly Parton and Tanya Tucker, and like he was very experienced in band, like his whole life, stuff like that. And he was the one who, after, after the whole concert, he was like, son, if, if you need to emulate one like band that you just heard, it's the opener. Huh. And wow. and I, anyway, I met them through that. Then I went on Idol. And after Idol, they were like, I kind of knew them a little bit just from meeting them there. And, they were, and I said, do you guys want to write a song? They're like, yeah, let's do it. I got together with them at their house. Like they all have a band house. Like all of them live there. That's cool. And uh, we wrote the song together. Um I'll be honest, they wrote most of it. Um, they came up with a lot of the lyrics. They came, the drummer came up with the pre chorus, which I think is the <laughs> prettiest part of the whole song. <laughs> the chords in that are crazy. It's like, um, if you were with me, uh, sorry, I wouldn't need to dream. If you uh- so it's it's a key change from e yep. to g and he's doing like he came up with all these crazy chords to yeah, take us there it's got that movement in it where okay so we're we're going to talk about your instagram bio for a minute i think this used to be your twitter bio but your instagram bio <laughs> in its entirety just says jesus loves the flat five uh and yes, i know we've got some of that movement in here why is the flat five special to you tell our audience i don't think we've ever talked about like tritone substitution or whatever what's like what what's what is the flat five what purpose does it serve why do you love it Flat five is representative of of everything I love in <laughs> not everything, but so many things that I love in music. Tritone, which is uh, one way it's it, you can look at it as it being used. It's a flat five interval. It's tritone, and you can do substitutions with that's a substitution tool. And then also other than that is a sharp eleven chord, which is. The sharp eleven is the flat five, and it's like it's the same note. Can you play us one so the listeners can hear? Absolutely. So in context, it would be like um, here it comes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And honestly, I actually heard that note. This was actually the first time music gripped me. It's my <laughs> first memory. I'm not kidding. I was about. I was probably four or five years old, and I was watching the uh, the Land Before Time. <laughs> <laughs> was it absolutely the Land Before the Land Before Time one or like twelve? 
Was it the, one, the original? Okay. This was the OG first <laughs> one. Where, and I'm telling you, I remember this still today very clearly. It was when we're seeing like the birth, like the, the beginning <laughs> of Littlefoot. And I think he's just an egg. And he falls on a tree star. And I think, I think, I'm going to look it up while I'm talking so I, I'm not wrong. But I think the the person who did the music, the guy, the composer, I think is James Horner. Uh, yeah, I think you're it's right. like a giant mega guy, um, and he and I'm telling you, it's it's here, and then Tree Star, <laughs> and I'm telling you, as a four year old, as a four year old, I. Like my heart is gripped and ripped out of my chest in the best way. James Horner. Yeah, James Horner. And I'm and from that moment I remember that. And then years later, I remember playing and going, Oh, there it is. Like there it was. What is that? And so I just hit a tree star. I just hit a tree yeah. A tree star chord. And um that's there's actually a longer story, even deeper than that, but that's 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 like what the flat five means to me. That's why it's so special. That's the editor for television. Your next album is going to be called Tree Star. It's got to go. be called yeah. Tree Star. So be it. That's so, our official submission. That's right. Yeah. Copyright that. So you are very. I don't want to jump quickly off the song, but since you've played on instruments while we've been on here, I do want to get you give you a chance to talk about. Are you more comfortable fronting or leading, if you will, from guitar or piano? Do you have a preference? You know. That's a great question. Um, I'd say fronting from guitar because I can move and I don't feel like there's as much of a separation between me and the audience. You can work the stage a little more than carrying around a piano. <laughs> totally. And with piano, I feel more comfortable playing the piano. Like piano is my favorite instrument. Okay. Um, and like a lot of my favorite live moments in my life have been from the piano. But in general, just strategically, like guitar is a little better of an instrument to front from, in my experience. My favorite live moment of yours is you on piano with Michael McDonald. Your duet on Taking It to the Streets. Dude, that That's is amazing. One of the, truly one of the best moments of my entire That's life. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah you got to play with Michael McDonald. That's pretty sick. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was amazing. And what I learned is, I remember, because we had one moment where we were playing like the... Uh, and then we had like a vamp moment where i would take a vamp moment and then he would take a vamp (laughs) moment on keys yeah i actually called rob i actually called marlon no way marlon robertson robertson awesome and said marlon i need something churchy and cool to play in this (laughs) vamp and he taught me this and so he taught me that and so i literally went yeah uh Like that thing on <laughs> on the show, and then he would do a vamp, and I remember like just vamping back and forth with Michael McDonald in practice, in the dress rehearsal, and in the performance, thinking, "Wow, I could actually hang. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty good. I can hang with Michael McDonald." And then this is I love this. I love this about Michael. Like a couple weeks later, I saw him do that same song for a different award show or something. Yeah. But it was just him by himself. And it became very clear to me 
that he was so graciously <laughs> playing down to me. Oh, man. Oh, and he didn't awful. have to do that. You know what I mean? He could yeah. have just been like, I'm Michael McDonald. That's right. And just crushed. But he's like, I'm going to play down. Okay, you're doing this. I'll play that. Right, yeah. You know, when he could have done, he could have blown me away. But That's he didn't. awesome. Yeah. I love that story. That's great. That's that great is, you're right. That is gracious of him for sure. Because he's my, he's earned the right to just like just blow everybody away if he wants to. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so back on the back on the song because I, because I have a couple idle questions. I know you've been ask, asking answering idle questions for 5 years, but I have a couple, but I want to <laughs> I want to I want to save them. Um but uh back back to the song for just a minute. So, uh yeah. so I love okay, so drummer came up uh with the uh with the pre-chorus. Who who hit the hook? How'd the hook come about? Cuz I love honestly, it's one of those things that like Man, it must be hard being you. How has somebody not used that before as a hook? You know what I mean for a great song. It's so, it feels yeah. like a thing that should have been said before. So it's a, right, how'd that come about? Yeah the the hook lyrically is um, as I remember because a lot of times when you're in these writing sessions and there's six people in the room, like and it comes out even immediately after someone's like who did that line you're like oh, right. i can't remember <laughs> yeah yeah if i had to guess i would definitely say it was um i think it was uh his name's scott i can't think of his last name but he's he's like one of the front guys of the of the shadow boxers mm-hmm. by the way the shadow boxers are now signed under Justin Timberlake's developmental thing and they've okay. been opening for Justin like on all of his arena stuff casual but, no um, big deal yeah no kidding <laughs> uh basically Justin heard them and goes, Oh wow. They're one of the best bands I've ever heard and, um, took them. But anyway, uh, it was just the idea of like, what if we do the verses about how crazy this girl is like crazy good, like just gorgeous and everything just opens up for her. Like she walks and doors are just flung open for her and she never has to wait for anything like all this stuff. And, gee golly it must be hard being you and it i can't remember who said it but it was just kind of in that in that moment we said it we had it was cool because we were doing the verse and then they were like what if we do the chorus in a completely different key and i was like what you're allowed to do that you're like (laughs) only like super like only stevie wonder does that right only like how do you even do that and then in comes the drummer and goes oh here's a gorgeous And I'm like, no oh deal. yeah, glad you guys are here. <laughs> and you play drums. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. And he's his name's Cole McSween. He actually has a lot of like Christian um, R&B soul covers on Instagram and out there in the internet, and they are sweet. They are sweet. But yeah, the, Cole McSween is is the guy who came up with that. That's awesome. So we've got the. I love that it's sort of like. Um, you know, the, the sort of the verses are, or at least the first verse is like, I'm kind of enamored with this girl. Like this girl just, you know, she just kind of appeared in my life and I'm sort of taken aback by her. And then it almost gets the, the, the chorus is almost a little bit bitter. It's like, you're so, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Am I, am I, am I catching that yeah, right? Totally. It's, totally. Uh, yes. Um, like, and it's got the, and that's- the, the, the breakdowns in the middle of it, the horn, you know, the horn breaks and all that good stuff. <laughs> Bring it down. Yeah. Woo! 
just full of funky goodness. Uh, you know, um, tell us a little bit about. I know we normally do our meet the band section, but why don't why don't you yeah. tell us about some of the players? Yeah. Hey. Let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. What I love about the meet the band, like for this song, is it's mixed with like my friends and superstar elite (laughs) players. So, um, uh, Phil Lasseter is on the horn. Oh. Yo, I love Phil Lasseter. Yes, that's awesome. Oh, Bro, he's crazy. Oh my gosh, crazy. I did not know that. Phil Lasseter on the horns, and basically, I he did all of them himself. So everything you hear is all yeah, him. he just he stacks them. them just in his room. And I was like, yeah. "Hey, man, this is the song. Um, we've got. I just want you to do your thing. You're the best. I just want you to do your thing." And so he did his yeah. thing. And oh my oh, gosh, man. did he do his yeah. thing. On bass is Alex Al, who is actually my favorite bass player I've ever heard. Just ever. In in statement. It's hard to say like like it's it's hard to for me, it's hard to say anyone's above Pino Paladino, but sure. um just as far as the playing and what I've heard him do, I I he's just my favorite ever. How how would um, we know him? He, What's some other? I, I'm not. He's not on my radar. And I, I, who what, he, has, who's he played with, or something else that we would know? How him from? I met him is he was actually Ricky Miner's uh, like call in, so Ricky couldn't do a um, like a press preview thing that we were doing when I was on Idol. So we called in Alex, and I was listening to him and losing my mind. <laughs> I talked. I did George on my mind with him and with the band, and I talked to him afterwards, just complimenting him. And he's like, "Man, I love you. You're singing too. Let me know when you start recording stuff after the show. I'd love to play on your stuff." And I'm like, "Gee golly, I'd love for you to play on everything <laughs> ever as well." <laughs> and so he's on bass. He also played. Uh, he was the bass player in um, the This Is It documentary yeah, oh, yeah. okay that's good yeah so that's alex that's alex al so he's played with a ton of people that was, um, that was my introduction to orinathi <laughs> so she played guitar uh, yes on there too, so. yes that's, so he's a bass player he's a bass for player Michael Jackson. okay cool that's awesome um and so i've got him the drummer is neiman davis who is a good friend of mine from college he played in the Lee Singers at Lee University. No kidding. And Lee. Lee. Oh, Listen, man, we got... We're, we're, we're both Lee We're alums. both Levites, so... We JP got, graduated. Oh, I did not. I, gra- I, didn't I graduated it. in 2003 because I'm old from there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we went there. I do have a Lee question as a follow-up. It feels like the right time. How how did how frequently did you visit the Sodexo Marriott Cafeteria? <laughs> a, uh, I mean, I was a I was a cafeteria frequent. There we go. Cafe. Okay, frequent. cool. That's yeah. one of them. The other two, your degrees in history. Did you ever have Doctor Barnett? He's my favorite teacher I've ever had. I I I I had Barnett a lot. Yep. All through my whole, we're actually very close to this day. That is awesome. Um, tell Doctor Tell Doctor Bob JP says howdy. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, I will. He's wonderful. 
See, we're we're enough older than you that when we were at Lee, uh, the most famous person from Lee was Scott Stapp from Creed. <laughs> they came and did a that documentary. Was, that was, they filmed what? the behind the music on Creed while I was there, and everybody's like, "VH1's here, it's the coolest thing ever." <laughs> I didn't even know he went. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. so we'll give you was, all the backstory. It was still recent enough that, like in, uh, like the Ask the President Chapel, Doctor Khan first answer, first question would be like, "Yes, Scott Sapp went here. Yes, he got kicked out for smoking weed." End, yeah. end of question. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. There's a actually a, on the behind the music VH1. They show my dorm um, when I was there. I'm not in the video, obviously, but I'm like. This is the closest thing to VH1 stardom I'll ever get. I'm on behind the music. I'm on the behind the music, and it's just my dorm. (laughs) That's awesome. Anyway, Medlin Hall, represent. There you go. Okay, so were you in Medlin? Two years, two years. Heck yeah, I was Medlin Underground West Side. There you go. (laughs) I was Medlin Underground West Side as well. Shut up. Did we just become best friends? Did that just happen? That's I awesome. think I was room like 111. Shut your mouth. I don't remember my number. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was on the left side. You walk in and I was okay. on the left. I was too. Like, I was on the left about three or four doors down. Oh, three doors I down. Swear. Horrible reference. Same. Did we same. stay in the same room? We, Did me and Claire? Oh my we gosh, absolutely this is stayed either in the same room or next door neighbors. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so cool. Wow. Connections oh. being made here today. That just happened, guys. That's, <laughs> okay, so I we're going to go back to Lee Connections in a few minutes, but uh, finish, finish this up with a band because I, I got to know all this. Guitar player uh, is another friend, Austin Goodlow. Oh, yeah. Who was in Capus Choir with me and um, is still my very first call when I need a guitar player. Neiman's still my very first call when I need a drummer. And I played with those guys in college and I still play with them. So, Lee University is just cranking out the musicians. Like, I I think people know this by now from seeing so many like Lee alums on American Idol and The Voice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like, Lee University just cranks them out. Crazy. I'm telling you, I've I've been in a lot of amazing like musical environments as far as just like microcultures, you know, with Idol, with like the business I'm in now and my career. I still have yet <laughs> to find a a place that is as stacked with musical talent than Lee. I believe it. Like it's the most musical place I've ever been. Um, and and Austin was a communications major. I was a <laughs> history major. Neiman was a communications like we're a, Anyway, um, okay, drums, Neiman, guitar. Gu- Austin did like seven guitar parts. He even played uh, like a baritone guitar on, oh, yeah. in there, like just to beefing up the lick. The yeah. boom, bump, don't, don't, like there. Alex Al on bass, Philip Lassiter on horns. Um, the production was Aaron Pierce, who is a superstar. Like he has a hilarious. Um, like gigantic resume of Tori Kelly, Justin Bieber, Chris Brown, like just massive people. Um, and he did all the synthesizer stuff. Okay. Um, and the drum programming. Okay. And I'm trying to think: is there any other instrument you can think of that you're? No, that, I mean, that, I that think that about them? covers it. Clark yeah. Beckham on vocals. Some dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the all the vocals and background. So okay, all right. So talking talking about vocals. First of all, okay, everybody knows you're kind of the king of like vocal runs and riffs, right? I mean, you're you're one of the go to <laughs> people. You know, uh, it, you you and Tori Kelly, right? If you're going to go male female, you want Clark and you want Tori. Um, 
I had a I had a, a lot of fun a couple of years ago. Uh, you did an episode of Breaking Down the Riffs with Natalie Weiss, where you guys broke down that super mm-hmm. dope run at the end of uh, Hit Me by Dirty Loops. Um, now, if you could just yeah. pull that out of your pocket right now, I'll give you $100. <laughs> and we don't just, have $100. I'll, I'll pay for I... you right now if you can just pull that one out. But uh... I, I so wish I could. <laughs> I couldn't even hit it on the episode. I, ne- I was like the only person on the Breaking Down the Riffs episode that by the end still couldn't do it. It's like... Like all yeah. of that, but with precision. <laughs> like that was it. All right, I'll get your I'll get your so cash out. I'll expect after this. from that run. Um, <laughs> that, that so are- give me. I'll I'll expect about three dollars <laughs> from that run. So my my that was all the, the the lead up to a question. The question is, what's the key to getting actually good at doing riffs and runs on vocals? And who are your vocal run heroes? I think the key. This is going to be very unsatisfying, but I think the key uh, is who you listen to and how you how who you emulate when you first start singing at a developmental age um which kind of answers your second question for me i listened to stevie wonder and ray charles and al green mm. probably most when i was like age like 6 all the way up to like 14 i think i listened the very first person that i listened to that was actually a current artist like in the year that I was actually listening to the music was Usher when I was about 14. And then, so he was a big influence for me for runs too. And my dad. So my dad is the run. Really? Like that's awesome. Virgil bringing the runs. Gosh. Oh my gosh. A monster. Any run you've ever heard me do, like almost all of them are stuff that I stole from him. Like he, so when I grew up listening to singers i just i didn't know runs were special like i just thought that was another aspect of singing i didn't no one told me that only certain people (laughs) can do them of of singers like i thought running was just like singing falsetto like it was just so i never knew that i wasn't like that it was hard um and i also started trying to do them when i was six years old all the way up Till I could actually land my first, like five note run, which is like the, <laughs> it's kind of like the standard of look at me, I can right. do runs. <laughs> um, when I was like sixteen, so even when I was trying when I was six, I could never really do it until I was about sixteen. Um, and then I just kept practicing and I kept listening and I just, I just kept, I just kept doing them for a long time a long 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 time and i'm still like today getting better and doing things that i wasn't able to do five years ago you know it's all hard work people that's always the, that's always the answer is just the bruce hornsby more. answer yeah. i just practice a lot yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding <laughs> um okay we got to talk about quincy jones yeah My let's talk about quincy. gosh let's talk about how you got connected with quincy <sighs> and what that has been like how that has affected your life <laughs> Oh yeah, so it, it's it's a wild, like, long story that I'll make in like ten seconds if I can of like how I got connected <laughs> to Quincy. My there was I went okay here we go, you just have to hear me out. I went to Christian Community High School, which is a very small private school in White House, Tennessee. The a mother 
of a student. Her brother is named Mike Kraske, and she was like, wow, if Clark needs any help, reach out to my mom. Said, if Clark needs any help in the music business, like right after Idol, she should talk. She, he should talk to Mike, my brother, who's been in the music business, did a lot of stuff with Sony, blah, blah, blah. I get connected with Mike. He gets me connected with a lawyer. The lawyer gets me connected with a management company uh, called Adam Factory that managed Charlie Puth and Megan Trainer at the time. The company's no longer. And I had a meeting with them. When that company dis- like disbanded, um, the CEO left to go be like the CEO of Spotify or something <laughs> crazy. And so... That company dissolved. One of the people that I met with in that company went to work for Quincy Jones and said, "We got it. We I know somebody that I really want to bring along." And she got me in. I had a bunch of meetings with Quincy Jones Productions, and then my like fourth meeting and final meeting was with Quincy himself at his house <laughs> at the top of a mountain um, in Bel Air, and or some one I can't remember whether it's Beverly Hills or one of those really fancy rich places to live in LA. And, um, the first thing he said to me is <laughs> the very first thing he said, cause I, I, I go into a lot of these meetings with managers and sometimes like the top dog doesn't actually know who you are and they haven't listened to you and they don't really, they didn't really, yeah, they're relying on their people. First thing. That's right. He comes in. First thing he says to me, he looks up, I stand up, jaw on the floor by the way, like I'm thinking the whole time, don't freak out, don't freak out, don't freak out. Be calm, be calm. This is probably the nicest house you've ever seen, you've ever been in, and it absolutely is um, way better than anything I ever saw in Cribs. Um, and I walk in, there's a wall of Grammys. He's yeah. got like he's got like 80 Grammys or something. Stupid. He's like he's yeah, something yeah. ridiculous. Anyway, first thing he says to me, he walks in and goes, and I'm going to say all of the letters for the cuss words and <laughs> the first letters of each cuss word and not the actual cuss word. He said, you're, you're a, he looks in and I shake his hand. He goes, you're a bad mother effer <laughs> and I'm too old to be full of crap. <laughs> the first thing Jeez. he said to me, and then we talked for about three or three or four hours on like music philosophy, like artist philosophy, you know, as far as do you do what's popular or do you do what's you? And something that he said was the moment you write, when you're writing a song or creating music of any kind, whether you're producing or anything, he said, the moment that you are doing that for money, God walks out of the room. Mm. Wow. One of my favorite quotes of ever. Wow. And it was, it was, it was a great conversation, great meeting. Then we decided to move forward. And I was with, Quincy Jones Productions for three years under their management, and it was amazing. He he's very hands on, more on the social aspect than the business aspect. So, and if you're in LA, like he wants to see you, like he wants you to come over and talk and just spend time. And he loves people. I think the key to his success, like people ask, like, what is it? Like, what's the key to his success? I think it's loving people genuinely, not just be nice to them, but genuinely adoring people. And it, he he's wonderful in every aspect, and it it changed my life in a lot of ways. That's fantastic. When you start writing for money, God walks out of the That's room. That's awesome. I yeah. love that. that. That'll teach you, you guys. There's some important factors we learned in that story. Make connections and make connections with high school friends' moms. Yeah, exactly. And everybody from from moms <laughs> to everybody. Yeah, but connections along the way. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Good job. Totally. Um, okay, so we do have uh, – so I, I guess I haven't said this yet, but, like, you and I have known each other for a few years. Uh, we actually went to church together and, uh, and have, have several yeah. of those, those um, connections. So uh, – and we have a mutual close friend. Uh, in one Jansen Furrow, uh, who was yeah. on... Uh, Y'all remember him from the <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire right. episode. Season 2, episode Season two. 19, where we covered Holy September cow. by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he's a dear friend of mine, and I know he's a close friend of yours. He's roommate. And if anybody remembers the Idol finale, uh, he had a brief <laughs> moment of internet fame as Clark's, Clark's friend, friend. <laughs> uh, who whenever they would cut to the crowd shot, he had come with you to the, to the finale, and they just show. I don't know why they didn't show his name. They just called him Clark's friend. Um, but... It just it made it sound like maybe there was it was more of a relationship than a friendship. You know what I'm saying? Like it was sort of like so. You know, I don't know if anybody was wondering after that, but um, That's so funny. But I would love uh, for our listeners who remember Clark or who will now, I mean, who remember Jansen, who will now go back and listen to that. You have an embarrassing Jansen Furrow story that you can share. Oh man, I wish I was more prepared <laughs> with this so I would know. Should have prepped you. Um, I know. Uh, Oh man, uh, I don't know. I'm just shocked how big his beard has gotten every it's time beautiful. I see him. I'm like, oh, you're you're doing you're doing you, this. You can okay. send an add on later if That's you right. need to send us. We'll, think of a great we'll story. amend it. We'll put it at the end and be like, this is the bonus. Co- this okay. is bonus content. I'll try to think of it. But yeah, we were roommates for two years. He's the best man in my wedding. Like we're very we're yeah. Very he's great and is and is an incredible musician in his own right. I've got it. Oh, I've he got, got it. it. I've got okay. a story. I've got Let's one. It. It's really good, and I don't think it's appropriate. <laughs> Go for it. That's the best um, kind. But we're going to – I'll try to figure out a way to say it. <laughs> so he gets to L.A. because I he comes in at the, during the finale, and he's actually there, I think, previously as well, or he was there for a couple shows. Um, gosh, two great stories I'm going to try to make <laughs> super fast. Um, one, this is not embarrassing, but it's just a great moment. At the very end, I felt like I was doing really well on Idol. I was do, I was performing really. I mean, really you did well. do really well. You and you were runner up for the season. Just... I don't know if you know that, but you did you did pretty well. <laughs> yes, but specifically, there was a time, especially near the end, where I felt like I was performing very well, and that no matter what I did, the judges just like kind of crapped on me. Like they were just like, I don't know, it's not very good, but I wish you did a little. <laughs> and I thought I was killing it, and then I remember feeling defeated. And being like, what what else can I do? And this was a time where we had like two or three performances each episode. I'm thinking like, what else can I do here? Um, and and I just felt defeated. And I like walked up to the stage, and you could tell in my demeanor, like while the B roll is is happening, like you're getting set on stage. And I remember just being like, what's the point? Like if I kill it, these people are just gonna crap on me. If I don't do well, they're gonna crap on me. Like what's the point? Just feeling really defeated. And I remember looking over at Jansen, and Jansen is standing up in the family and friends section, like LeBron James beating his chest, <laughs> looking at me, like screaming at the top of his lungs. And I can hear him through all the noise, through my in-ears and everything, going, let's go right now. He's like beating his chest like a football player, pointing at me like, ah, like it's time. And I remember being like so pumped <laughs> up by that. And then I did the song that I did, which I think was w- one of my most, like one of the performances I'm most proud of was um, was 
was the performance I did after he was beating his chest like that, and it was earned it. Oh, killed and, that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And that I think the re- <laughs> one of the reasons why I like went into Super Saiyan mode <laughs> is because Jansen was like right before it. Hit, he did the like, Kevin Garnett, everything is possible. <laughs> everything is possible. Yes. Um, okay, we got to touch on a few American Idol things real quick. Um, yeah. We, we don't know. Great. We know you get blasted with it, so we'll just hit just a couple. We'll try to go random ones. Sure. Okay, sure, sure. Um, the venue you played at, you played at the Dolby for American Idol. What is, what's yep. your favorite venue? You can count that as, what's the best venue experience you've had? Probably um, in, uh, my, my favorite venue I ever played was um, San Diego, and I can't remember exactly the name, but we're on a dock. Like, it was on the American Idol tour. We walk off the bus. You don't really know where you are. Like when you go to bed from the night before, from wherever city you're in, you just wake up and you're in the next city. Um, and so we walk out, and I don't know. Usually, you're expecting like very metropolis area, and and we walk off. Like we open the bus door, I step down, and I'm on a dock, like in the That's ocean, awesome. basically. That's cool. And I'm like, what in the world? And the whole venue is is on a on a dock in San Diego. And San Diego, like my experience there is like that's my favorite city I've ever been to. It's my favorite venue. It was a great show. That that show there and that venue there is is really special. All right. So on your season it was J Lo, Harry Connick Jr. and Keith Urban, right? Those were the judges. Am I right on that? Okay. Yes. If you could yes. have one of them in your backing band, if you could have either J Lo as a backup singer and dancer or oh. Keith Urban as guitar player or Harry Connick Jr. on keys, who do you pick? I don't know if that, if you can answer that question and violate any kind of American Idol contract or anything <laughs> by picking one, but you get you get one one think, on tour with you. Who's your who's your go? Who's coming with you? I think my first thought is Keith Urban just because of how amazing his guitar solos are, and he looks so cool. <laughs> and um, for me, if I had Harry Connick Jr. and he would have to be the MD, uh-huh. like he'd have to. I I wouldn't be able to have Harry Connick Jr in the band without him just i feel like i would just do a harry connick jr yeah okay because he's so good like yeah that makes sense so i think keith would be that's good uh okay i got it so i'm interested in first of all are are we allowed to talk about how you got just shafted beyond imagination on the season 14 finale or is that a thing we don't talk about like i'm sure nick ferradiani's a great guy (laughs) you know him i don't but like he is a great guy he is a great that's the guy. O- we could talk that, about anything you that's want. That's the about. only season I've ever watched and only time I've ever voted is Rob texts me. He's like, You gotta watch this guy. He's good and he needs your votes. Oh, so man. I was like, Cool, I'll watch it. And I was like, Oh, cool. Oh, thanks. And actually, and people don't know, I actually uh I came up with your uh your hashtag. That was uh the Yes, you did. Belt it yeah, like Beckham. That was me. You're welcome for that, yes, America. You did. Um You've, you're very welcome. <laughs> or no, thank you, I should um, say. No, okay, so I, I, we won't mess with the finale, but I, I do want to talk about, you You kind of took, if I understand correctly, I may be wrong on this, but there's sort of an um, expected path after Idol that, like, this is what people typically do, especially people who are who finish in the, you know, top five or whatever, um, and mm-hmm. and you kind of veered from that, right? You Like, you, you kind of went a different way than sort of the typical, um, you know, the deal that is, is, am I right on that? Yeah, so the there's a lot of like um, mystery in the public eye of how the contract yeah. works. Um, basically, uh, they they can 
when you're done, like they sign the winner to the mm. contract, to the infamous right. contract that you that you see. And then other than that, they basically do a good job of just making sure they have the most control in the situation they can as far as maybe who they really want to sign, they be 19 Entertainment. Maybe the person they really wanted to sign didn't win, or maybe the person won and there's someone else they really yeah. wanted. So they can kind of pick whoever they want to sign um, to pick up those options contractually. For me, um, on my season, they only signed the winner. So they only signed Nick. And so everybody else was kind of just left as independent. Okay. And you, it was basically up to you to just do whatever you can. And so I just, for three years, uh, two years, I was completely independent looking for managers and just really waiting to find the right one, not jumping on board with someone who I didn't think was best for me. Um, and basically for two years, I would meet with someone and I would either like them and want to sign with them and they wouldn't like me or I wouldn't like them and didn't want to sign with them and they'd like me and wanted to sign me until it matched up with, luckily, with Quincy Jones. And then and then off, off I went. So it all came back to White House. After all that, right, it all came back to this connection that started at White House. Isn't that weird? Man, that's insane. Quincy Jones and White House, Tennessee. Um, One other question that I ask everybody that comes on. Um, You're on tour. You go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? Um, I get a Three Musketeers bar every time um, because it's the most ounces for the money. When I was growing up, my mom would say, you could have any candy bar you want. (laughs) So I'd pick the Three Musketeers bar. Uh, What is your gas station snack food of choice? You know, when on this last tour, I was eating really healthy, and I was like in really good shape. Um, And (laughs) so I was... Don't, I would get. Don't say um, rice cake. If so, you're off the show. No, it wasn't. It absolutely wasn't a rice cake. Um, a lot of times it was. Uh, I know there's an answer here. I, honestly, like uh, trail okay. mix. Oh, like, I just look okay. for like peanuts with, with, with some like cranberries. And that's stuff acceptable. Like that. That's yeah, good. That's, that's you, you made good. the cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good job. That's a unique answer. Thank you. Good. Well, well this has Thank been fun, you. Clark. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Yeah. Good hanging out with you. Dude, good absolutely. dude. Great stories. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll be, let's see. Okay. People need to check you out online. Give us your social handles so that people know where to follow you. Yeah. Everything is just Clark Beckham. C-L-A-R-K-B-E-C-K-H-A-M. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the stuff. Um, my website's clarkbeckham.com. Um, that's for like finding a way to book me, but also see like what my next shows are, things like that. Um, the podcast I'm doing is called the Clark Beckham podcast. Cause I'm not as creative as you guys and can't think of a cool name. Um, and then I'm doing lessons for anybody who wants to do anything musical. It's voice instruments, theory songwriting or just general career advice and consulting i'm doing that if you're interested in that um you can email beckham lessons at gmail.com that's been a blast and um yeah those the and then i've got an album coming out um called called lightyear and uh, that's that might be out Go find out. Right. Go see if it's out or if it's almost out. <laughs> Just go look. Just go that's, check. That's happening at some point of the future. That's awesome. Very well, cool. cool, man. This has been good. Ladies and gentlemen, 
This has been the one and only Clark Beckham. Give him a round of applause wherever you are. Take your hands off the wheel if you're in the car and give it up for Clark. Uh, Clark, thanks so much for joining us today. We wish you all the best in the future, and uh, we'll catch you down the road. Clark, this was fun, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Podcast. And there we have it, kids. We hope you enjoyed that. We had a nice long session with Clark. Thanks, Clark, for coming on and being with us uh, and and hanging out with us for a while. And uh, we hope, you know, new stuff coming out soon. And all that good stuff. We hope you guys are enjoying the interviews that we're doing lately, yeah. too. We know we're getting into more of that lately, Lots. and we really like it. So we got some good stuff in store for Season 6, and hope you guys uh, enjoy and hang with us. That's right. And as always, catch us online, uh, archives and merch at greatsongpodcast.com. Join the Facebook group, man. We have a blast in the Facebook group. We've started doing some watch parties and stuff like that uh, at facebook.com slash groups slash greatsongpod. Or you can just search for the group. It's called Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them greatly uh and hit us up on instagram or twitter at great song pod and uh you know just maybe i don't know if you can't find any of that just open up your window <laughs> holler out for us we'll be we'll there find you. we'll hear it we have we have very sensitive uh you know we keep keep our ears attuned even for those of, of you in new zealand we, we yep. gotcha absolutely absolutely just open up your window and shout i need great songs now <laughs> we got you it's like the ricola thing you know it just makes <laughs> stuff happen so uh yeah what would be our bat symbol in the sky Oh man! Uh, we'll have to think on that. That's, that's wow! Like, wow! Like a big music note, maybe. But that Jeez, seems a little hokey, right? Like, yeah, we'll come up with something. What would be? You tell us. Get what, on great songs and the great people who love them greatly. What do you put in the sky? What's What's the bat signal for me and JP? <laughs> that's a great question. All right, you tell us. In the meantime, we'll see you next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.